0: All right, I want to talk to you today about a man called P.T. Barnum. P.T. Barnum is a fascinating man. He lived in America in kind of the 1850s, or midnight mid-19th century, that's the one. And um, a couple of years ago, somebody made a film about him called The Great Showman, uh, with Hugh Jackman in it. And I want to use that film to share with you some truths about the kingdom. Uh, when I... Um, I've done this before, some summers we'd have, like, so if if you want a title, you can call it The Gospel According to P.T. Barnum. um, Because it's a pretty good gospel. And, um, yeah, it's... um, The Greatest Showman is now my favourite film of all time. It overtook Top Gun, which is saying a lot. Because Top Gun was the greatest film. But I know I'm showing my age, I know. I said that to Naomi the other day, she went, what? I said, yeah, well, it was filmed in 1986, so... But Tom Cruise is 25 years old in it, so you know, if you want a bit of eye candy, girls, there you go. Although why it's alright for girls to have eye candy and it's not boys, I don't understand you. I don't know why it's alright. Well, it's not alright, is it? But anyways, there you go. So, it shows you how good a film it was because it overtook Top Gun. It's been the best film ever. It's the only film I have ever seen twice at the cinema. And the only film I cried through both times I went to see it. (laughs) Not because it's a sad movie or a painful movie, but because it expresses the heart of God like no other film I have ever seen in my life. And at the time I came out of the cinema and I said, I want to just take a whole Sunday morning and just show the film and give you all popcorn. That was what I wanted. (laughs) That was what I wanted to do when I... I wanted to install comfy chairs, I just, except, but, but, yeah, I thought that might be the, I knew it'd make me popular, but, but I realised, then a few people watched it and went, yeah, it was alright, and I went, it was alright, but then I realised that not everybody has the ability that God gave me to see the kingdom, like, everywhere. So I realised I might have to point it out to you a little bit. So we're going to do it this way, okay. I should have still brought popcorn, shouldn't I, really? (laughs) Sorry. I failed you. I'm so sorry. Um, Yeah, so I've been watching it this week and I I found about ten clips that I could have used. I'm only going to use four. I might use the rest of them in a fortnight's time uh, because it's just so amazing. I also cried again. I, I must have seen this film six, seven times. I don't know, I just love it. Um, so, let me talk to you about it. P.T. Barnum was born into the world with very little, like I say, kind of 1850s America. In the film, we see his daddy's a tailor and he's working for him. And in the first clip we're gonna watch, we're introduced to a girl called Charity. He's so good. Did you get it? It's all about faith and future and hope and belief and something more and something greater and something better. Yes. It's all there. Hallelujah. Huh? father's sending me away to finishing school I don't know what my future will be I do oh god you just feel Jesus right there I do I know what it'll be and let me tell you what it can be oh god I love it honestly she's so full of hopelessness and despair and he just right there gives her hope he he tells her what her future is because he has hope for the future we could do with some people have hope for the future couldn't we I'm really sick and tired of hearing how this country is going to go to the wall and go to pot and it's all going to fall apart in a few months' time. Man alive, we've been through two world wars. Yes. <laughs> Can we get some perspective yes. as to what's going on? I mean, we aren't, most of us, praise God, but this country has. Yes. My goodness me, we could do with somebody who's got something good to say, couldn't we? Yes. And that's not a political statement, it's just a faith statement yes. about somebody who might say something helpful. Because we need hope, don't we? We need somebody who's going to say something good about people's futures. When people say, what's my future going to be? I want to be there going, let me tell you what your future's going to be. Because my God says it's going to be flipping wonderful. Of course. It might have its ups, it might have its downs. It might have its challenges. But it's going to be wonderful. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we giving away? What are we speaking? Are we speaking hope or hopelessness? faith or faithlessness and when we talk about our nation and what's going on and what's happening and what's going to happen are we giving away hope or are we just going to sit in the doldrums believing that something terrible is going to happen no if somebody's got to stand up and go you know what no matter what happens on October 31st we've still got a good God and we're still amongst the most blessed people on the face of the earth aren't we we're still going to have toilets that flush and wardrobes full of clothes and roofs over our head. Yes. Let's get some perspective. And when we're talking to people, let's give them some hope. Thank you, let's thank God that we're among the most blessed people on the face of the earth. And again, that's not a political statement. It's just, let's bring some hope to people. When people, I don't know what the future's going to be. It's all going <laughs> to fall apart. No, it's not going to fall apart. God's in to put it all back together again. The thing I love about Barnum is he didn't believe he was a victim of his circumstances. We see his dad gets ill, his dad dies. Then he's homeless, he has to live on the streets. But he finds a way to survive. He finds a way to keep writing to charity. All right, it's not all legal, but he finds a way. I like people who find a way. I like people who find a way legally better than I like it when they do it illegally. But I like people who find a way. He was just going to go, I'm finding a way, I'm going to make it happen one way or another... I love this girl, and I'm going to find a way to get to her. One way or another, I'm going to survive. He found a way to get into his future, and I love that. And then that line, we live in a world that we design. Oh, God. I tell you, the Holy Spirit inspired most of these songs. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Wait till you get to some of the ones at the end. Oh, my Lord. They're almost better than the Psalms David wrote. Almost. Because I can't be heretical. We live in a world that we design. That lyric for me is like, absolutely. I believe it. I believe I live in a world that I design because... Have we got Hebrews eleven three 3 there? Matt's doing a great job switching between all sorts of stuff. By faith, we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Your world is not framed, well, it doesn't have to be framed, by external circumstances, but by your words. Just like God framed the world by his words, we live in a world that we design by our words. You see, I can, and that works positively or negatively, I believe the world I live in, is, I can believe the world I live in is created by everyone around me and by what happens to me, or I can believe the world I live in has actually very little to do with those things. It's a product of my own words and my own faith and my own perspective. That's the reality. I agree with Barnum to a great degree. I live in a world that I design, and so do you. I can change environments by the power of my speech. I can bring light, joy, hope, freedom, love, and peace. Then I can enjoy it, or I can speak words of darkness, fear, despair, restriction, lack, and I can suffer in that environment. So what world are we creating? What world have we designed? What world are we living in? And does our speech create a world that we'd want to live in? So those are the first couple of lessons from Barnum's life. First of all, let's find something to be positive about. And let's start believing that God's good and that he's God's. And the end of the world is not in sight. Because if you read the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, it gets better. It doesn't get worse. I know it feels like it might be. But it's been restored from a garden to a beautiful garden. And not by destruction, but by reconciliation and redemption and all those words. So the film moves on. In real life, uh, Barnum tries starting many businesses, all of which fail. And uh, I got so geeky about this. I actually watched the the director's audio commentary on the film for a little bit. But anyway, it's fascinating. There's a scene, I don't think I'm going to show it, where it shows that she's pregnant. And in the background are all these signs. And they were all signs of businesses that he tried to create and then failed such is the attention to detail in this film, it's amazing. So he tried tons of businesses, they all failed. And I love the fact that he just keeps going. Um, And eventually he realizes, like you saw with that clip on that girl there that gave him the apple, there are people whose society has kept hidden away, whose society has deemed must remain hidden because they are not normal. And he works out that if he can show these people off and put them on a stage, Not only will he have a business, but maybe he can transform those people's lives as well. Now, his motive's early on not the purest. At the beginning, for him, it's about making some money. But as he goes on, he starts to see his ability to find beauty in whole new ways. That that song, Come Alive, it's like a manifesto for Jesus and the kingdom of God. Uh, Have you got that slide there? Sorry, I'm asking you to do a lot, mate. Uh, There we go. I see it in your eyes. You believe that lie that you need to hide your face, afraid to step outside, so you lock the door. But don't you stay that way. You realise there are millions of people who feel like that in today's world. It was interesting that when the film came out, it got mixed reviews to critics. The critics did not say it was wonderful. And yet, the public loved it and it stayed in cinemas for ages. They brought out a sing-along version where you could sing along. The soundtrack was, I think, the biggest movie soundtrack selling of the year. And it only got beat by tons of huge Disney films in terms of the highest-grossing movies and stuff like that. But why did people love it so much? Because deep down, the message of that film appeals to everyone. Because the message of the film is about coming alive. It's about being loved. It's about a future. It's about being cared for. Which tells me something about the message of Jesus. People want to hear about Jesus because they want to hear about coming alive. They want to hear about the fact that you don't need to hide your face, be afraid to step outside. You can actually be who you were called to be because Jesus made you incredibly, wonderfully beautiful. Too many people, in too many ways, have, have believed a lie they need to hide away, wrongly believe that they can't be who God created them to be because they're not acceptable. But what this film does brilliantly again and again is destroy that lie. Later, later on in that song, that we didn't say it says, we've got them, come alive, come alive, go and ride your light, let it burn so bright. Come one, come all, come in, come on, to anyone who's bursting with a dream. Come one, come all, you hear the call to anyone who's searching for a way to bear free. I mean, would Jesus not have said that walking around Galilee? Is that not his call? You see, this God's actually at work in our culture today. You've just got a spot and you've got help people understand that actually Jesus is the answer to it. Look at that. To anyone who's bursting with a dream, to anyone who's searching for a way to break free. I mean, if Jesus wanted to do a musical to get the message out, he would do that. You see him, the disciples on the Sea of Galilee, do, 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 do. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Just like that. But do you see how many references there are to the kingdom if you've got your eyes open? Do you see how easy it might be to talk to people about Jesus if we just have our eyes open? So many people are singing these words. So many people have got it on in their houses in the songs and they do it because it makes them feel good. But actually there is an answer that they're looking for and he's called Jesus. And we've got to be good at sharing it. Another question. Is this how we actually see the kingdom of God? Is it open to anyone? To all? Anyone? For me, it certainly is. I want anyone who's bursting with a dream, anyone who's searching for a way to break free to find him because that's what he does in here. He sets us free and releases us into dreams he's already put in our hearts. That's why we talk about restart and restart because that's what God does. But we've got to learn to see it in this way, in, in kind of in, in a, in a, a something real and tangible and something that can be expressed in non-religious language as well. This is the reality. Anyone who's searching for a way to break free or bursting with a dream, that's what Jesus does. Right there. You notice, though, that in the middle of it, there's opposition. So there's these people outside who don't like the fact that, as they call them, freaks are in there. Um, and then the, the little cut to the guy sat down writing, he's a theatre critic and he, he writes the review that's kind of pretty terrible about it. But did you spot his reaction to the criticism of his show? (laughs) He didn't listen. He went, I want this review printed in every newspaper in New York and they can come in for half price if they bring it with them. Most people would have been crushed by that. He goes, I'm just going to use it to my advantage. I don't care. I don't care. He says it's rubbish. And eventually the word circus, he he, he actually created the circus with P.T. Barnum. That's where it came from. And it was, in the film anyway, the theatre critic calls it a circus as, as an insult. He takes that, eventually places it above his thing and said, thank you, it's a great word, I'm having it. Somebody else tries to rip him down, he just uses it as a stepping stone to go further. I love that. I love that. Because whenever you're going to do something, somebody else is going to say something bad about it, negative about it. He took what one, meant, one person meant for criticism and turned it to his advantage. His resilience, his determination to keep on going is Incredible. And if we are going to push forward and know everything God's got for us, we're going to need that resilience. We're going to need it when people, because they will, because the people, and they don't understand it. The truth is the theatre critic didn't understand it. He didn't get what was going on. He's used to looking at plays and operas and all sorts in the theatre. So he goes, what's this? This is not theatre. It was a brand new concept in 1850-odd. It was a review by a man who didn't understand what he was trying to do, but Barnum was not going to let it stop him go further. He wasn't. He refused to allow somebody else's criticism, who didn't understand it, to stop him. He just used it to his advantage. Okay, I want to show you a final clip for today, which is further on in the movie. At this stage, Barnum has discovered an opera singer called. They've been to. um, They've been to see the Queen, which he did apparently, uh, and there in the film, he meets an opera singer, Jenny Lang, who is famous across Europe. He's never heard her sing, uh, but promises that he'll set her off in America brings it to New York. He actually promises a 150-night tar and pays her $1,000 a night. Uh, never been done before, and he never actually heard her sing. So in the film, she stands there and he goes, I hope she can sing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's just a brilliant line of the, the faith and entrepreneurship, and that's a whole backstory. But he takes a massive risk. He mortgages everything. Um, but in this clip, he um, is just hired 130 in New York, and, of course, all of New York society, all the posh people come in, and they're all in the tuxedos. And, in essence, that's, Barnum's always wanted to be that person. He's always wanted to kind of break through and be somebody he's really not. He was born from nothing. So he gets to a point where suddenly all these rich kind of high-class high class people are kind of suddenly he's in their circle, and it gets to his head a little bit. Let's watch that next. tell you the Holy Spirit were in the room when they wrote that song. There's absolutely no doubt about it. There's just no doubt about it. I'm going to take you through some other words and then we're going to sing it together to finish with because I've got a version with the lyrics on it. Have you got it? Oh, he's already on it. I am not a stranger to the dark. Hide away, they say, because we don't want your broken parts. I've learned to be ashamed of all my scars. Run away, they say no one will love you as you are. If there was ever a commentary on some of our times, and that's it. And none of us are strangers to the dark. We've all at some point thought that nobody wants our broken parts. And many of us, if not all of us, have learned to be ashamed of our scars. And many of us at times have run away believing that nobody will love us as we are it's all a nonsense it's just not true we are all broken we all have scars and running away from them has got nothing to do with the kingdom the kingdom is much more about running towards them because only in running towards them can we be healed of them bringing them out of the darkness and in their life listen it's alright to have broken parts it's alright to have scars it's called being human it means you've lived this thing called life bridge and the chorus go on but I won't let them break me down to dust I know there's a place for us for we are glorious you see there's a point when you have to decide whether you're going to use that faith I've already talked about and actually lay out when the sharpest words want to cut me down and we we all know we've all experienced them some of you have had them this week even this morning when the sharpest words want to cut me down what are we going to do? Are we going to send a flood and gonna drown them out? I am brave. I am bruised. I am who I'm meant to be. This is me. Look out, because here I come and I'm marching on to the beat I drum. And of course, it's not... In terms of us, we're marching to the beat. Jesus is drumming. He's the drummer. He's the leader. He's drumming it. But we're marching to his beat. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. Which, and it kind of brings us back to creating our world with our words. We can allow the words, looks and judgments to crush us or we can rise above them. But you see, when, when they come out of that thing and there's all the kind of posh, judgmental people stood around and they just stand there, something in your heart, like my heart, goes, oh, yeah, doesn't it? Like part of you wants to do that. It wants to be like that because there's something in you that just goes, yes, I want to do that. See, in me, it's like, oh, yeah. I just want to stick what little chest I've got out and kind of <laughs> make it big. No, but there's, a, there's, the, there's the big guy, the, the kind of heaviest man, as Barnum calls him, and, and suddenly he goes, he kind of grows as he stands there. And it's that moment, when he, and it's a choice, you see. He could have stood there and stayed small, but he makes a choice and goes, no, I'm here anyway. I'm here anyway. What are we going to do when we hear words that crush us? Are we going to accept them or send a flood to drown them out? And that flood, of course, is words back. And of course, this is you. And this is you as you are, wounded, bruised, scared, but also healed and restored and made new. Yes. Will we accept that we may be bruised, but we are also brave and that who God created us to be is exactly who we are meant to be? Will we dare sing words like, I'm not scared to be seen, I make no apologies, this is me. We're going to find out in a few minutes. And kids, this goes for you as well. You are special and unique and wonderful. And you have to, you have to kinda just embrace the fact that you are special and unique and different. Alright? Sarah, Seth. Yes we are. Uniquely beautiful, you three boys back there. Honestly, like, you've got to embrace it. It's alright, you don't like playing this, you don't like doing that, you don't like doing what other people do, that's okay, that's all right. You are different and we need people who are different. What's the point now when everybody was all the same? Life would be so boring. You've got to embrace it, Sammy. you've got to embrace it, Susanna. You've got to embrace it, embrace it. Verse 2, another round of bullets hits my skin. Well, fire away, because today. I won't let the shame sink in. We're bursting through the barricades and reaching for the sun. We're warriors, yeah, that's what we've become. So they acknowledge, okay, there's going to be another round of bullets. Somebody else is going to say something else. It's going to come at me. Well, fight away, because today, I won't let the shame sink in. I won't allow it. We're bursting through the barricades and reaching for the sun. We're warriors. And and the best lyrics yet to come, it's hidden away in just one line. This is it. This is me. And I know that I deserve your love. And there's nothing I'm not worthy of. Oh, God. Don't tell me Jesus didn't have a hand in writing this song. Now, I know that theologically we don't deserve his love. We did nothing to be deserving of it. But at the same time, through the New Testament, we are called saints and are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, then we are worthy of his love. And we do deserve his love. We just know it's because of Jesus we can sing those lines about the Father. But the truth is, this is me. And even in me, whatever I think about me, wherever I'm at, whatever state I'm in, whatever I think about me, wherever other people think about me, I know, God, it's a beautiful moment when you go, I know that I'm worthy of his love. I know it. It's a beautiful moment. For us, it's all because of Jesus. But because of Jesus, we can sing those words and they are true and they are right. We just need to know it's because of the sacrifice of Jesus that those words are true about us. It's not because of what we've done, but because of what he did. Yeah. Then we are worthy of his love, because he made us worthy. Yeah. He made us worthy. He sees you, he loves you, he delights in you. Right, we're going to finish with some ministry, which you are going to perform on your own soul, via your own voice. Yes. <laughs> I talked to you about how our words create new worlds. So I've got a version of this with the lyrics on it. We're going to stand. I suggest you sing it loud and proud. And if you don't feel like it, I suggest you try doubly hard. Because <laughs> if you don't feel like it, you need to sing it more than anybody else. Amen? Yeah. All right. Feel free to do the dancing as well. I, do you know what? If somebody could zap me and I could dance like that, with it go, Tow, no. Tow. I so want to do that. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. I can, I can do it. All right, come on, let's get on our feet.